Philadelphia. Are you ready? No, he said, are you ready? This is Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast. Your first stop for everything professional wrestling. So sit back and enjoy wrestling talk at its finest with your hosts, Larry Hall and Joe Corrado. Welcome, everybody, to Brotherly Love Wrestling. And on today's show, joining us is Gabby Ortiz. Gabby, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. <laughs> Thanks for so, having me. <laughs> no problem at all. We thank you for joining us. So basically, what we're going to do is we're just going to shoot the shit. Yeah. Talk anything awesome. wrestling and anything that might come up otherwise throughout conversation. Okay. And we want to start with and kind of follow up with the question like why wrestling like what what made you I ask myself that every day when I wake up in the morning <laughs> right. I'm, like, I'm like why wrestling <laughs> my body hurts <laughs> no no I just I've always loved wrestling I mean as you can see I have I have China on my shirt so I grew up watching it um I fell off when I got older and like started focusing more on music and theater and then um when I turned 19 uh, 1920, I um, got back on it again and really wanted to explore it further and uh, find out like where do where do wrestlers come from? Where do these performers come from? Because I I noticed um, it was so much more than just wrestling, and I watched it from more of an adult perspective. And I realized, uh, oh, there's acting, um, there's music production because the music's all it's all customized now. Um, it's lighting production. It's stage production, basically, because it's a live show. So uh, it encompassed everything that I really enjoy about art and performance. So you said you went into theater. Is that does theater play a big part of your wrestling career? Do you like? Do you lean on that? Oh, it's huge. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not super athletic. Like, I'll tell you that straightforward. Like, I'm not an athletic person. Um, the athletics is what comes, it doesn't come to me. But character and promos and storyline, that comes really easy to me. And that's gotten me to where I've been able to go in my career so far. So I've, I lean on that very heavily. Um, and now I have amazing trainers that can me to be able to marry both my performance art and combat sport and put it together and make out your keys. Now, do people come up to you and like, since you do have the theatrical aspect down pretty well, do people come up and ask for pointers or anything like that? Like, yeah, do, um, do you have people that will? Yeah, I, I do. It's been, um, I've been able to sort of I guess when I first started wrestling, I didn't tell anybody what my background was. I sort of just came in as a fan and I was like, oh, I want to do this. And I was very much like seen, not heard. I was super quiet, super reserved. Nobody really knew anything about me for a while when I, when I first started. And then one day we had promo class with Kevin Kelly uh, at a camp we did at the Monster Factory in Paulsboro, New Jersey. 
And I decided like, I guess today's the day I'm going to show everybody what I can do. And then I did. And everyone was blown away. They were like, who is this like weird girl that started training here a couple months ago? Like, where did this girl come from? And, um, and then I sort of like proved myself that I belonged in this community of people uh, because I understood promos and promoting yourself and doing a tight 30 second promo and getting my character across very quickly. And I gained some respect in that aspect, I feel, because um, Damien Priest, who was my trainer at the time, um, aka Luis Martinez, he like jumped out of his chair. He was like, so where did this come from? And I was like, I, it, I've always had, I've always been this. I don't know. Like, I just, I wanted to learn before I really showed anything. And uh, that was a really cool turning point in my, in my journey in wrestling. And since then I've gained that respect and I've gained, you know, confidence in people that I know what I'm doing when I talk um, that I've been put in a position by Danny Cage, the owner of the monster factory during our uh, promo classes to give pointers and, give critiques because that's something I'm very strong at. Now I had a question. I, now working different promotions and being like a character driven wrestler, like you, like you said, I mean, you're not overly athletic, but I think you're athletic enough to be in the ring. I don't think you give yourself enough credit, but being so, <laughs> so focused on character Going from promotion to promotion, how do you do you find it easy to change it up, or do you stay pretty much same character the whole way, or is it kind of like a, a change up every time you go somewhere new? Uh, I you tell me what you need from me, and I'll give it. That's it. Like that's what I try to be super flexible and super collaborative with promoters about what they want from me. And a lot of the time, because I know a lot of the promoters I work with, either they've been to shows that they see me wrestle and they want me to performer they're familiar with things they've seen online that they trust what I can bring to the table but I love having the conversation about like where what's the next what are we getting out of this it's like what's coming next you know what are our plans going forward so I can kind of build off of that um but a lot of the times promoters just give us the best match you can and it's like come on <laughs> give me a little more <laughs> So off of off of the people you said with your trainers and helping you out, and you said you were a fan when you were younger. Now, and as you do your promo work and you work on it, is there anyone you remember when you were a kid watching that you kind of draw off of and maybe take some from to use with your own stuff? Um, so I'm a huge, I love the storyline with China and Eddie Guerrero. Like, I love that. So, so I, I, I watch... Um, segments from that often because it's something that I like I don't know why it speaks to me so much I just think it's I just thought it was such a kind of sweet when it was happening <laughs> kind of like so I, I draw a lot of off of that like I feel like I would be the love like if they had a baby than me <laughs> China <laughs> <and> Carrera, <laughs> like, I'd, I'd like had a baby like I, I it would have been Gabby Ortiz <laughs> so was China Guerrero a name that you were toying around with maybe but when you started <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, actually, it was, that's, it, might, it might go with that. No, that would be so disrespectful. <laughs> I mean, with that storyline, they were both pretty much polar opposites. One was loud and abrasive. One was kind of quiet, strong and quiet. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's why it kind of worked. It was like the opposites attract type. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't have worked. Like, by all, by anyone's imagination, it shouldn't work. have worked, but it did. Yeah, and I, um, 
not to like be like that guy, but I'm a Libra and like I love that balance of people and um like I'm polar opposite to my boyfriend. We don't we don't have a lot in common at all. I think wrestling is like the foundation of what but we're very different people. And it's worked for almost six years now. So there must be something to opposites attract because um that storyline obviously went over very well and it works in real life too. <laughs> I think I think it works well everywhere. I mean, that's kind of like my wife and I, we have different viewpoints on a lot of things, but I mean, we make it work at the end of the day. I mean, it, it just does. It's just, a, it's just one of those things that just works. We, we it yeah. counterbalance each other like crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's a wonderful thing. It really is. And like, and then you learn new things too, because you're seeing things from a totally different perspective with another person. Yeah. If you're listening, that's a big thing. You got to be listening. <laughs> yeah sometimes us men we don't do that all the time as well as we could i love the self-awareness it's wonderful (laughs) oh believe me my wife will be the first one to tell you (laughs) (laughs) but it means you're listening so good job yeah (laughs) say it as many times it'll eventually get into that brain (laughs) now i wanted to ask you from when you were fame and getting into the business how is it kind of changed your perspective on the wrestling business like has it not so much let you down but has has it opened your eyes to anything that you didn't think went on in wrestling that's a good question i gotta like let me sit on that for a moment um honestly question after that (laughs) we just no um I knew I had no expectations going into it. I really didn't. Like I had, I looked, <laughs> I looked up how to be a wrestler on Google, and like, <laughs> like you know, Wiki How came up with like instructions, <laughs> like step by step instructions. <laughs> so like I was like, this is no way. This is what it's like. Like I have to, I just have to go in and jump in head first and experience it. Um. So I didn't really have like a baseline. I kind of just knew WWE and uh, WCW, and that was it. Um, so it was, I kind of like going into it blind though, because my perspective is, um, it's very like, I guess not neutral, but it's very raw. There's no, I had no perceived expectations. So, um, I didn't, I wasn't disappointed. I wasn't, in fact, I I honestly, I've had an amazing experience. So (laughs) So I'm I'm very happy with, with this business. Of, of what Joe is coming from is now you were a fan. Are you still a fan? Do you still watch televised wrestling and mainstream wrestling or do you not? And you just, it has ruined that's it for you. Maybe. That's, 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 a, that's a much better question than I can answer. Cause like, I really I don't watch wrestling too much anymore. Not like I used to, which is not great. It's not the best thing. It's not, it's not a good thing for me to do. I'm sure baseball players watch they study other baseball I don't know I don't know if they do that who knows but I know match study is very important and um I need to get back in on that but in terms of like watching live like Raw Smackdown like um Dynamite every week it's a lot one and um two it just and this is just COVID I don't like the no crowd thing I don't I don't like Thunderdome I don't I don't like the aesthetic of it it's not something that I can um that that I guess catches my attention or keeps my attention really. That's what needs, that's what the important thing is keeping my attention. Cause like I'm all over the place. Um, so 
recently no i haven't watched a ton of televised wrestling and i'll go and i'll watch like the, like old matches and stuff like on youtube but that's about it and i'll catch up on like pay-per-views and stuff now do you feel like you you get what's happening like you're in the business you get what's happening and kind of like and you like kind of it's not that whole kayfabe everyone's kind of aware to a certain extent of what goes on and i mean social media kind of changed wrestling in itself i mean i feel like if you're over on social media that means almost as much if not more than actually being over on television sometimes i mean Mm -hmm. it's crazy how everything is has evolved in wrestling so yeah i mean it kind of like desensitizes you and there's so much content everywhere i mean we try to talk about it weekly and it's a lot for us i mean like we're i can imagine yeah it's um it's our, it's, we're in our 30s. We can't, we can't be doing that. <laughs> no, and, and truthfully, like, I, I didn't know. This is one thing. I didn't know how small the wrestling community is, if you really think about it. Like, I have a bunch of friends that are on Dynamite and Dark every week. Like, half the time I already know the finish because they know them. Like, <laughs> and, like, what's, like, you know what I mean? So, it's like, there's, sometimes it's just not, it's not as exciting as it used to be. For me. I'm sure fans feel very differently, but. I think it all depends on the age group and where you're coming from and what your interest is because interests have changed. Like, I mean, not interests have changed, but the way we see wrestling, like the different styles and everything, it's changed a lot and how it's delivered to us. I mean, Mm -hmm. if we want to watch like really bad acting TV, I mean, Jersey Shore and shit like that is in existence as well. I mean, and it's shorter it's not three hours two and a half hours long it's just like it's a lot you're right and not to say anything bad about wrestling it's just it's it's the way it is you kind of like grow up and the storylines you can tell who they're geared to mm-hmm. yeah no that makes total sense i i honestly like it was it's been difficult to put words to like how i'm feeling about wrestling in its current state but that's that's true. That that's it right there. That's a great way to look at it. All right. Well, I'm gonna spin off of that. I'm gonna go back to talking about you, your character. How do you <laughs> how do you make yourself relatable to as many people as possible? Like, how do you go into that? Like, what's the thought process behind it? Because uh, your ultimate job is to get over with the fan. Yeah, there's like not a lot of thoughts behind these eyes. Sometimes I just do. <laughs> like, i think the most relatable thing about me is that i'm just who i am like there's no there's not much else to it um i take the experiences i've had through my life and things that i learned and i apply it and that's how what everybody does right so that (laughs) it's just kind of what makes me relatable is that i don't try to like i'm not anybody else i'm just i'm just gabby ortiz and get um that's who I am and I wish I had like a much better way to describe that but I don't <laughs> sorry I think people always wanted it to to feel real and believe that it is real and I think when you're coming off as real that's the most relatable thing there is when they can see like okay this isn't really an act that we're used to this is this actual person this is how we believe this person is Mm-hmm. like i think that makes you relatable to many fans like that's anybody that acts that way that you can see yeah. that person being that person when the cameras are off yeah and like i think you can really easily tell 
when someone's like not being their authentic self. I've had moments when I've looked back at matches on days that weren't that I just wasn't having like a good day. And I've looked back in that match and I'm like, oh, I can just tell by like my demeanor that like I was having a rough day and it comes off in my presentation. And I've seen that with other wrestlers too. I've seen that with with other actors and, and musicians. Um, when you're just not being your authentic self or something's off, like I think that that energy is something that anybody can really feed off of and anybody can really tell if that's who you truly are. Um, so uh, that's that's the whole thing about energies and stuff. I don't want to you with that stuff. <laughs> I mean, if anything, you're educating us because we don't get to talk about energy waves and whatnot. So yeah, <laughs> you just like, you know, really just tune into your aura and who you are, then you can really like get into it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Could you okay. imagine if I just like twisted and I just was like a different person? <laughs> <laughs> that again, that would have been a first if you would have just went put the switch on us mid and went kind of like hippie. <laughs> Is that was I was I getting that? Were you trying to be like a little? Oh yeah, you were good. You got it right on the money. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't want to make a fool of myself again. <laughs> so so uh, Gabby, going forward now, now that is 2021 and hopefully the bad year that was 2020 is behind us and we can move on and hopefully th now things are opening up restrictions are lightening a little bit and uh hopefully we're getting closer to the point where more independent shows more companies are going to be getting fans like you said because it is very boring to not have fans uh on at least televised and to not have any kind of indie shows and stuff really really sucks uh, so going forward what is what is the goal for you? Where are you trying to get, and um, what are you trying to do as far as twenty twenty one goes? Uh, so on a just personal level, I want to get um, I want to get physically better looking. Um, I'm working really hard on um, my training schedule and my diet and things like that. That when in, when I was in my early twenties, like I didn't really have to worry about. It. I always just looked really nice. Uh, as soon as I turned 26, something happened and, <laughs> and my metabolism was like, no more burgers, just two times a week. Tea. It doesn't get any easier once you hit 30. <laughs> That's your <mouth. laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> no, so, so I've had to learn to adjust yeah. <laughs> for the, with that and, uh, and just physically looking more athletic and like um so that's something that I'm working on right now and with that will come more opportunities and I'll feel more confident to go after more opportunities because I will be honest with you like when you start when your body looks different especially I know men have issues with it too but especially as like a lady in a business where like looks are very important when your body starts changing um your confidence kind of changes too and that's been an issue that I'm personally working on because I haven't really like reached out to, to AEW, for example, or reached back out to WWE for extra work because I just really, I just wasn't really good about myself. So uh, working on that is very important to get back to getting more opportunities where you'll be seeing me more, hopefully. <laughs> now, do you think that's gotten better? Uh as of now, uh, the whole look thing and the, the typical look, because back in the 90s, early 2000s, there was the typical look. 
And yeah. you think that it's easier now or better? Like there's, there's not as much pressure to look one certain way. Like, do you feel like there's enough? Of yeah, no, it's, there's, there's a lot of, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's way more inclusivity. This is all coming just from, just from within, like, this has nothing to do with like society or, or, um, how body positivity is played into professional wrestling. I, I want to look a certain way and I'm, I'm, I think I'm valid in that. And, uh, but I love that the inclusivity in wrestling, I love that there are different body types, um, in wrestling now. It's awesome. It's incredible to see. Well, here's the thing. I mean, there, people can tell you how they feel about you and say that, Oh, you're great. But if you don't feel it, then it doesn't matter what anybody says. I mean, it's yeah. nice to hear sometimes when you when you feel like shit, but yeah. I mean, if you don't feel it, like everyone wants to look a certain way. If you get to that point, then you'll be happy and people will see that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It all comes, it's outside in. That's really what it is. Pretty much. Yeah. All right. We'll throw some fun questions at you. Now, you, you, you talk a lot about music and theater, acting and whatnot. Now, if you were to pull... A musician from the music world and who would it be to become a professional wrestler just just so i could hang out with them it would be pete woods because he's my favorite he's fall up was my favorite band he's my favorite musician and my favorite lyricist and also he's got an awesome personality i think he would do well as a professional wrestler would he so, be a face or a heel i think he'd be a face he's a likable dude maybe, yeah maybe over He'd be over. over yeah. Over <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, out of the acting world, who do you think would make a great professional wrestler? Henry Cavill, Man of Steel. Yeah. Superman. Yeah. Good pick. I mean, I it's an easy one too because he's Superman, and Superman yeah. can do anything. But. Yeah, have you seen The Boys, the Amazon Prime show? Oh my God, yes. He would be. He wouldn't be Superman. He would be Homelander, right? That's the name. Um, the yes, yes. Yeah. yeah oh I think he would be. I think he would be a heel. I think Henry Cavill would be a heel wrestler because he's Did just he so Homeland? perfect. You want to punch him in the face? Yeah, oh I think he'd be more like that kind of character. Yeah. Huh. There would be great if, if I were writing it. That's hot. <laughs> I mean, that would be great if, if wrestling would take that approach and make and like do like a Hollywood Hollywooded up, like not not make it cheesy, like because there was parts of that that were like obviously unrealistic, but it's still like it kind of fit with today's society. I yeah. mean, like if there were superheroes, would they be genuine? Would they abide by the rules? Would they uphold the laws? And mm-hmm. going with everything that goes on today. It's not hard to see that a superhero would be corrupt. Oh, not at all. No. It makes it makes me. <laughs> it made perfect well, sense I, to me. I binged that one. I think I got done in like two weeks, both seasons. Yeah. Like stuff like that, I can lock into that. Like that's what rest. That's what turned for me. Wrestling would need to take. Make it like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's always been a soap opera, of sorts. It's just. It feels like it needs better acting sometimes. Yes. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I'm sorry, I'm watching like... <laughs> so I did see on your social media that you had pictures with uh, a lot of Eagles stuff on in the Lombardi Trophy. So what do you think of the new coach for the Eagles? 
Um, well, truthfully, I as tough as the season this was, I liked Doug Peterson. I really did. I liked his I liked the culture that he gave into the locker room. I liked um like I remember there was one video where he they were like doing they were looking over the game and like after every time they did that he was like let's go get ice cream I'm like yeah yeah yeah, I loved that I loved I I just thought he was a great guy so I I was sad to see him go even though I know he wasn't doing his best uh truthfully I don't know much about the new co I don't really know too much about a lot of fans do I mean you try and gather as much information but really it's going to be a wait and see type of season yeah that's all there is to it because no one really knows anything he wasn't ever calling plays so for him to get to playbook and actually hopefully get to call his own plays if it's not the front office doing it, we'll see. I'm a little skeptical when it comes to the Eagle season coming up. I just think there's way too much going on inside the locker room for it to yeah. be success. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to – I mean, even our Super Bowl team was kind of like put together by scraps. Like if you think about it. Um, the underdogs so, for a reason. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So when exact? When exactly have we really in the last let's say ten years have we really had like a strong team that like <laughs> that wasn't like full backups? Mm-hmm. And we, we went to Super Bowl like that and won. So you never know with us. You never really yeah. know. Perfect That's with every Philadelphian though. You never know what you're gonna get. Yeah. Very true. That's true. Philadelphia. Are you originally from Philadelphia? Born and raised. I was born at Episcopal Hospital on Allegheny. Um, I lived in um, Kensington for my for the first couple years of my life, then Fairmount, and now I'm in Port Richmond. So, yeah, and I went to school nice. in South Philly. I went to um, Kappa, the Creative and Performing Arts High School, so I studied theater there. Oh, okay. uh, I've never lived anywhere else. <laughs> so this whole the, the, we've been doing a, a long local guest on the show and mm-hmm. only few you and including one other person have actually have the philadelphia roots it's now like a- <laughs> there's been a lot of transplants yeah transplants and people no that's not true the rep are the rep yeah the rep are different. yeah yeah they're for different yeah i can't t- um you know when people like when you ask me like are you originally from philly like i love i love saying yeah this is where i was born I know this city like the back of my hand. I work for the I work for Jim Kenny. I'm in I'm Jim Kenny's executive assistant. That's how Philly I am. <laughs> like you can't. That's my shoot job. Like you can't get more Philly than than this than me. I mean I don't really have the accent too much, but um, it comes and goes. But I there's and then I hear people like yeah I'm from Philly like you know I love well, they, like, like, oh, they say like Morgan's. I'm from East Philly. Yeah. East Philly, where is that? Like, <laughs> that's Jersey. What are you talking about? And then there's like, um, East like, Philly, oh yeah, I, I love, like, give me that water John. I love water Johns. Like, shut up. <laughs> you don't know that. You don't know anything about this city. Have you ever gotten chased by a bum in the L? No. You ever had to jump the turnstile because you didn't have enough money to get on the subway? Probably not. I have. <laughs> Only a few cities can say that. I'm sure New York's one of them. But... New York is one of them. <laughs> but Philly's, Philly's its own special breed. It is. It really is. Like the perfect group of, of melting pot mm-hmm. of society. So it's like, yeah. 
it, it, it's very culture. I think people lose that. And we have Philadelphia gets a reputation for being, well, we get a reputation for being assholes, but I mean, it's a very well cultured society. If you actually go around and walk around in Philadelphia, all parts of it. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, um, you know, South Philly is known a lot for the Italian culture, but there's a huge like Mexican population out there. Um, there's a black community in South in Southwest Philly. There's a huge black community in Southwest Philly in Fairmount. Like it, people kind of know it like back in, I guess like the early 2000s, 90s and 80s, it was a huge black community, but there is a giant Puerto Rican community in Fairmount. Huge. Like one, like the second biggest next to Kensington um, Puerto Rican community in Fairmount. And not a lot of people know this because either they don't want to know, or they just don't, they don't see it. Um, because they are marginalized communities but it's there you know it's and it's a beautiful thing yeah like i get to see every part of affiliate what i'm an electrician so i i go i'm all over the city so i get to see Mm -hmm. everything and and i mean the way that it's kind of being brought back up and and whatnot it's great to see and Mm -hmm. i mean it's you appreciate it when you're when you're there all the time or you actually, I guess if you're there all the time, you don't appreciate it. But when you when you actually get to go around and see everything, like yeah, because people know us, people know us for sports and assholes and cheesesteaks and salt pretzels. It's all we're known for. Rocky, not even a real person. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's so fun when ask, I don't ask anybody from Philadelphia that though. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it. I don't care. I I'm gonna. I might lose my Philly card, but I. Don't I don't care. Ah, I knew you were gonna say it. I don't. I don't. Say it. <laughs> I'm like I I like Alone is great. I think he's a fun he's a he's a cool guy, but like everyone like is I guess, a generational thing or it's just that no, 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 no. not relatable like, or the most people my age like love Rocky. Like everyone loves Rocky. Everyone <laughs> loves Rocky. What am I talking about? Everyone loves Rocky. <laughs> It's not, it's not even about the story. It's not about anything like that. It's because people who aren't from Philly pander to me with it. They're like, oh, like Rocky. And I'm like, shut up. And they're like, oh, have you ever ran up the art museum steps? And I'm like, no. That's like, the touristy thing. That, yeah, that's like going to Pat's or Gino's for a cheesesteak. If you're from Philadelphia, yeah. you don't do that. You laugh yeah. and you yell at the people that are blocking the road when you're trying to get down past Young Avenue, trying to get somewhere and there's someone standing in the middle of the road tourists taking a picture like go on google there's millions of pictures of these places just look just look at that everyone's got to put it on their instagram and everything like that they're they're here we're so important we're at pats and (laughs) jeans see that was philly yes (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad you brought up the the accent a little bit because there is a question off your social media I wanted to because we both asked ourselves this when we read it was how do you pronounce the candy that is brown brownish I'm not going to say it because I don't want to pronounce it until you pronounce it I want to see how you pronounce it because we said it the same way and it's not how you spelled it or phonetically spelled it it's caramel thank you yes sorry good uh, I was yes, like, we agree. Yes, caramel. We, we yes. were, we were like, she's gonna say caramel <laughs> or caramel. No, no, no that's not how you say it. It's how people who think that they're fancy say it like that. Like people that no, think that they're gonna, like, like caramel macchiato. No. <laughs> 
caramel macchiato. I'll get you that. <laughs> no, we, me and my boyfriend, like, just a couple, that's why I tweeted about that. That's why I was like, yuppie said caramel. <laughs> and my boyfriend got a huge, like a pretty big argument about it. I was like, "You think I'm stupid, don't you?" And he's like, "He's like, yeah, because you say it's stupid." I'm like, "It's not stupid." Like, How does he say? He's like caramel, caramel, caramel. I don't know. I don't freaking know. It's, it's pronounced <laughs> when you spell it the way we pronounce it. It's C A R M U L L, caramel. That, that's that's how you say it. And it's not wrong. Okay, I did a lot of research on this. It's not wrong. It's not mm-hmm. totally right, but it's also not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we also say water. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we have What's a lot the of... point of saying words with all the letters in it? Like, it takes too much time anyway. <laughs> no. There should be no G. It should all just end and end. See, this is, this is why I get upset with people when it comes to, like, grammar and, like, pronunciation of stuff. It's like, did you understand what I said? Did you understand? Did, you, did my point get across to you? Yeah, then shut up. Why do I have to? Why do I have to be perfect and proper? His wife, his oh. wife, no, no, does it to me all the time, <laughs> and we we are in the middle of talking, and I'll out of nowhere say, "Joe and me said this," no, and she says, "Joe and I." I'm going, "No, you understood what I said. Don't correct me. Just <laughs> correct me. You know what I meant? But don't, I, I don't need that. Don't correct me. You know what I meant? I'm good." Yes, but for people yeah. we see all the time, it's an easy way to get under their skin. So now you yeah. just do it purposely and watch them. Like Twitch, yeah. Uh, gotta correct. Sounds gotta fun correct. to me. <laughs> Someone trying to reboot. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Uh, that's my wife. <laughs> the pain in the ass. <laughs> Sounds well, great. <laughs> it's a loving pain in the ass. Yeah, we want to thank you so much for uh, taking the time and talking with us. Um, it was great having you on the show, and uh, hopefully, uh, we'll be seeing you uh, a lot more oh, places. Wait. I did, I wanted to ask before we mm-hmm. jumped off because we talked about no crowd wrestling. Have you have you wrestled no crowd yet? My first match, um, right before they announced lockdown, when we kind of like knew that like things are about to get serious. Um, the show was WSU um, Women's Wrestling United. No. Women's Superstar United. Sorry, that's all right. It's a brand. It's, it's an offset of CZW. Um, mm-hmm. They uh, DJ Hyde. He made the decision last minute to make it no fans because um, it was streaming anyway. So he was like, "It's going to be live streamed." Um, so that's okay. We'll we'll have live a live audience. They just won't be here. It's just not. It's it's probably not safe right now. When in reality, it was probably the safest time we could have done it. And then now with the fans, it's probably not so safe. But, you know, it was it was good insight. It was He had a good foretell for what was really about to happen. That's the only show I've done a crowd. Every other show I've done has had a crowd either inside or very limited crowd indoors. And how did it go, the, the non-crowd? How did that mess with... The, <laughs> It felt like you were just at training or something. Or exactly. Putting on a show for nobody. Truthfully, yeah, training is even, there's even more because um there was people there, but like they decided to make it really quiet so that the um uh the announcers and commentary could be heard. Uh so we nobody in the building could make noise when there was a match going. So even at training matches, like you can make noise, you can be the crowd for the match that's going on in training. Uh, so it was even weirder than a training match. It was just quiet, and you could occasionally hear what the commentators were saying. Um, so I, 
it wasn't a great experience. Like me and Veda, it was me versus Veda Scott and another Pennsylvanian. Um, she, we looked at each other. We were like, that match would have been so fun if there was a crowd. It would have been way, it would have been really, really fun. Um, it was fun regardless. I mean, she's an amazing wrestler. Um, but we really wish that we could have done that in front of a, in front of a live audience. So maybe one day in the future, we'll be able to. Yeah, I mean, it comes across as the, the same way you describe it. That's the way it comes across to, to us. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like, because not only that, but you hear like, you get to hear all the like, the noises in the ring. It's just like, sometimes you don't want to, it, it's, it messes with your senses. Yeah, in, in, in my opinion, the crowd is the character. Well, in WWE, if you think about it, like they, they chant, they cheer, they boo when you're supposed to. It helps the audience at home feel more engaged. Um, I've always considered the crowd to be a part of the story, the general overarching story of wrestling. So it's, it's missing that right now. And, and, you, and because sometimes the, the crowd can get on your nerves with the chants and the beach balls and all that, but after all this, yeah, I mean, it really makes you appreciate what it was. <laughs> I want that back so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, at, at this point, I, I feel like it would be welcome. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. Maybe not to everybody, but I mean, I feel like just having a crowd there would just be, yeah. it doesn't matter what you're going to say. I just need that energy. You know, weirdly enough, um, I don't think Ring of Honor gets enough credit for this, but I think they've kind of mastered the art of a no crowd show and making it engaging and fun to watch. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Ring of Honor's product um, as of late, but it's something I, I actually can bear to watch without a crowd. I don't mind it. Um, it's, it just, it looks kind of almost cinematic in a way with the way they, they do their camera work and stuff. Um, it's all blacked out and it's, it looks, I think it just looks really good. I think they've, they've gotten it down pretty good. Um, the Thunderdome stuff, I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, and I don't really like the way Impact has it either, but yeah. we're all learning. Honestly, like it's, it's easy for me to critique it, but at the end of the day, it's like, this has never happened before for any company Everyone. for any for any anybody so like they're just they're learning along with us we're all learning together how to navigate this everyone's throwing something at the wall and hoping that it sticks basically yeah yeah exactly but i will touch on that roh that you just brought up i literally i we i got done watching it right before we came on and i was talking someone had messaged me or something saying that it for them they can't watch it because there's no storyline or no build towards anything but i in my in the defense of that i said that roh is doing it completely different right now because everything is in ring storytelling everything's the story is in the match like it's mm -hmm. very sport based the one person wants to be better than the other person yeah. and you can tell and that's how it it's easy they boil it down to a very simple uh formula it's yeah person wants to be better than this person and that's all that you need really mm -hmm. is competition within the match and there's your story yeah. I mean, it's and i simple. think it's, it's what they used to do back in the day that's exactly what i was going to say it's taking like i wasn't a ring of honor fan growing i didn't know about ring of honor until i started wrestling um but my my boyfriend was a huge ring of honor fan growing up so he's showed me so much old footage and so much of what ring of honor was when it kind of first came up and when it was at its height um, on the indies and yeah it's I feel like a lot of that spirit is returning back to this back to that company um, because of 
the circumstances and they had to restart because they stopped for a really long time. So they restarted and um, brought back fuel rules, which is awesome. They got a lot of of good new additions as well. They brought people from the independents and whatnot, people that are fantastic wrestlers and now they're getting their opportunity to be seen in ROH. And ROH has this new mentality. It's not like it's not like it was when they just had the Bucks and everyone there. It's kind of, it's reformed as a, like a, a wrestling company, not an, yeah. enter, not an entertainment. I mean, it's entertaining to wrestling fans, but it's a wrestling company first. Yeah. There's it's no, sport and no frills. And in, in ring of honor, I know that wins and losses like matter. Yeah. It matters to your ranking in the company. And um, that's something that I think is lost in almost every company that's in existence right now it's it's and wins and losses matter to your record and where you stand and like the opportunities that you get and i think that that's pretty cool like to see that and they do stats and it's, it's fun it gives credit fun to for fans. us yeah it gives credit yeah. to the fans who watch exactly. it who are like okay well why does this guy get a shot when he's lost four in a row like mm-hmm. when people will do that like oh they lose they lose they lose but they're getting a title shot again like having that wins and loss, like you're not making idiots out of your fans. Like they see yeah. them, they see they're losing. Why would they get a shot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. So, I think it's great. It is. So, Gabby, thank you once yeah, again. Now, now you can reference. Sorry, <laughs> thank you once again for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate it. It was a great talk, and uh, hopefully, we'll be seeing you soon on TV. It was so fun to talk to Philly guys. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> It was a nice change of pace for us to, to yeah. embrace the Philadelphia culture. Yes. All right. Thanks, Gabby. Have a good night. Bye. Good night. <laughs>